Holy moly. Uh, we, I'm sorry, I'm, I was eating. And I was adjusting. Yeah, well, no, we had a, we had a crazy morning um, this morning. I did, I did my workout with Chief um, from Extreme. Yes. Martial arts here in New Braunfels. And just straight from that, filming some cool promos for our friends at Old Talk Coffee. They're fun. Um, they are fun. They're I like had little, fun doing that with you little, this morning. Uh, um, kind of Navy factoids, uh-huh. which is actually kind of cool. So it's like, you know, how do you, how do you promote something um, that is a sponsor, that is part of your, your, you know, the way that you make your income without being like in your face, old salt coffee. You know what I mean? I think we did a good job of making it like fun and That's what funny. I mean. and That's what I mean. <laughs> I, I say we, but really you. <laughs> I just gave the factoid. Um, I'm very unprepared. I forgot my something or other. Um, I need to go get it or we won't make it through the show. <laughs> you um, want to see us really fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where uh, is it? I'll go get it. It's Where in my it? backpack. Okay. So I will continue to talk. <clears throat> we had, <clears throat> oh my God, I'm still, I still have a cough. We're still trying to get over. Um, I don't know how Renee has done it. Renee, Renee has managed to not get sick when everybody else in our household <clears throat> here at the house is either gotten sick or is still sick. So, you know, and it was one of those things where, you know, we, and for me, it's like, oh my God, it is, <clears throat> I'm feeling much better. And, and, but as you can tell, I still have a, 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 a somewhat of a, a weird <clears throat> dry cough still. Um, very, very frustrating, but I haven't rested either. I have not taken time to rest. I, I've, I've really been working nonstop, so we will start at the beginning. Well, no, you know what someone asked me that when you were talking about your voice, someone was like, you've been complaining about your voice a lot. You've been having voice issues. And they were like, has he gone to the doctor and gotten that checked out to make sure that it's not a more serious issue? <coughs> well, I mean, my, my, <clears throat> my voice is back. You can tell that my voice is back and strong. And yeah. I, I just think it's years and years and years of, of talking and talking. But that's what I mean. Talking, Maybe it's time to get those vocal cords checked out. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Got to get them checked out. I'll check your vocal cords uh, later tonight. Um, no, you won't. <laughs> uh, but we, um, I don't even know where to begin. We, so first, let's talk about why you didn't have an episode last week. Yeah. You know, I was up for a commercial for California Real Estate Association um, for a commercial that is going to air in California. We didn't know if we were going to get it or not. And at all, the timing worked out so perfectly that we went to Brea, California, which mm-hmm. by the way, wow. Thank we took you. the whole family. It was Gary's spring group. break. I mean, crazy sold out shows. Crazy sold out Packed. shows. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And <coughs> um, we had to stick around. I had to stick around because we were going to do a table read on Tuesday afternoon. And then we were going to film Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday morning, I had to get on a plane, drive across the country to go to Greensville, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, we started to get sick. I was already on antibiotics when we got to Brea. Well, no, before we even left for Brea, I, re- I took Delilah to her pediatrician, right? Because I was like, I don't want to get on a plane with a sick kiddo. 
and be in California and not be able to get her seen by her doctor or whatever. So I like hauled, but to her pediatrician, she had an ear infection. So they gave her some meds. I was glad we went, but we were good. They were like, go, you have your meds. And it was no, uh, no COVID. No COVID. No COVID. And um, so we, you know, we, we, you know, I had to stick around and, and I decided that, you know, I didn't want to be that long without my family. Yeah. So um, we decided to all stay together. And then, man, Tuesday, table read. Wednesday, Thursday, you know. And then, you know, here's what's crazy. I, you know, I spent so many nights, so many nights at the comedy store. Yeah. You know, and it was a, it was a huge part of my life. The comedy store on the Sunset Strip? It was all my focus when I lived in L.A. Because I didn't have a yard to cut. I didn't have um, really a big home to work on. So I, you know, if I was home, I was at the comedy store. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would tour, but I was at the comedy store almost every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Well, we had lots of conversations about how or, that's your, that, that was part of your job. It's part of my job is to, is to continue to get better and, and make a name for myself. And my big goal too was to, to have my name on the comedy store wall, which I'm very proud to say is. And it was just, I mean, so and, and trying to earn. There was times when, you know, if you get your name on the wall and you get you get called a a paid regular, you now get to park in the parking lot. Which, oh my god, <laughs> which on the Sunset Strip is oh, a really big deal to have a you know, designated all parking of us, spot. We would all like park on the hill because it was <laughs> free mean, up there. <laughs> And then we'd have to walk down and then back up the hill at the end of the night. And, and that's, that hill's no joke. Like oh my if you gosh, couldn't dude. find a spot on the street, you were like super steep incline. And I'm just hoping to park in the damn parking lot. So I accomplished that goal and I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of the comedy store um, world. And, and of course I would do the improv on Melrose and I would do the Laugh Factory. Those are kind of the three big ones. You know, yeah. I, you know, I would do Monday at the Laugh Factory first and then I would go run to... Um, the improv, do a spot there. Then I would run to the comedy store to finish out my night. You yeah. know? And, and I would do um, three shows a night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I would do Thursday on the road, one show, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, Sunday, come back and do one show at the comedy store. So, yeah. you know, I was trying to get on stage as much as possible back then. And, and I had not been back to the comedy store in over seven years. No, it had not been seven years. Six or seven years. And, and you know, I said, you know what? I'm in town um, Wednesday night. Yeah. My family's not here. I'm going to go to the comedy store. Yeah. You know, I haven't been there in a long time. And, and I think I'm just going to go and, and hang out. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Didn't miss it. Um, and, and, and it made me realize a couple of things. Yeah. Number one, how happy I am in my life. Oh, that's sweet. Right? How happy I am to be with my family, my wife, my kids. Okay, I'll take credit know, for all that. All the all the <laughs> things that we've built here and, and things that we've done. And the other thing was it was very thirsty. It was very well, Yeah, babe. I mean it It was very networky. Yeah. You know, and I remember that. <laughs> that you, you, aspect of it when I was part of it and I remember not liking it then. Yeah. I remember going, I am here to go on stage. I am here to get better as a comedian and I am here to prove myself. Yeah, I but am not you here know, to make 
in hindsight, you know now it's not all just about talent and being a good comedian. All that other stuff plays into it too. So oh my it is God, what it's it, about. It, it's, I do believe that talent eventually will always win. Yeah. If you stick it out, if you're talented and good. Yeah. But so much of it is is the networking bullshit. You know, who do you know? Who do you hang out with? The hype, right? Oh, this guy's got a lot of a heat, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that all has to do with, you know, who you're hanging out with and, right. and you know, who the, the you know, you, you start kissing the booker's ass so that the booker talks to agents and goes, oh, yeah, man, we're bringing up so-and-so, you know. And I just never liked that part of the game. But I think I tolerated it more back then because I didn't have much. Yeah. You know, and now I go, man, wow, I've got a wonderful life. You know, here I was in Brea. We we sold out every single show at 570 tickets each. I was able to perform in front of people who love me. Yeah. And then now I'm at the comedy store and it was very, you know, a lot of the young comics would come and talk to me and try to introduce themselves and, and they would try to find a way to connect yeah. You know, oh, uh, you know, I'm friends with, with your friend or, oh, hey, you know, I, I just saw that you were here and I was just there or, you know. Right. And it was a very like thirsty. It was very notice me, notice me, notice me. I want to meet you. Can Steve help me with my career? Yeah. You know, I, I did get to chat with some old friends um, that I hadn't seen since since the comedy store. Right. Um, since the comedy store. Ooh, I just got a good view of your butt. Oh, you're welcome. Since Um, you're getting skinnier, your butt looks bigger. Thank you, babe. (laughs) Oh, other things look bigger too, honey. Other things look bigger too. I I set you up for that one. (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, it it, it just, I wasn't happy there. And, And I thought, and the weird part is I used to think. Well, why'd you go? Like, what, what were you expecting? If I'm being honest, yeah, you know, I, there was a little bit of me that was like, I get to go back as the guy that now sells out clubs all over the country. Yeah, and I I get to be the big brother now. I get to walk in and be like, mm-hmm, I'm I'm somebody. I have specials, you know. Uh-huh. So there was a part of me that that wanted to be that guy, and and when I got there, it wasn't what I thought. You know, you just felt like the old guy. No, I didn't feel like the I didn't feel like the old guy. I, I I just felt like there was a lot of insincerity. I feel like it's insincere. Oh. Right. I feel like people t- were talking to me because, oh, maybe I can be this guy's opening act. Yeah. Can this guy help me? Yeah. You know. Um. It, it was just weird, and and I I didn't, <clears throat> and it made me really wonder. And again, not naming any names, but I remember being the young guy and Mm -hmm. I remember the very successful comics that would hang out again. I'm there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, every night till two o'clock in the morning. Right. And it makes me think now about those older guys that are, that were my age then I would think now I'm like, why would you, why were you there? You're successful. You sell tickets. You have money. Oh, you have baby. a wife and kids. 
Yeah, I hear you. But we talk about this all the time. Like, what does a stand up do when they can't do stand up anymore? When they can't get on stage anymore? When they can't get the laugh but, from but the no, audience these anymore? Bigger... Like at the core of who you you people are as humans, you need that. But I get it every weekend as a headliner. Yeah. Right. And and so did these guys. Yeah. So not only were they every weekend headlining shows, making crazy amounts of money in front of their fans. Now they were also at the comedy store till three in the morning. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And all I could think about was mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do not want to be at the comedy store till three in the morning. Right. I want to be putting my son to bed, putting my daughter to bed, eating dinner with my family. Yeah. I want to be waking up at six in the morning to get Garrett's breakfast going so that I could take him to school. But you know what? You know? Being a dad makes you really happy. <coughs> being a dad and being a family man is fulfilling for you. I love it. And That's I, not the case for every human being. And that makes me sad. Because it's like, well, why did you get married? And why did you have kids? If you were going to choose to be at the comedy club till three o'clock in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then go on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What, you know, and then th there was, an, you know, uh, to go back to that, you know, I remember touring with a certain comedian and, and we would be gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we'd go back to L.A. and that person would be like, hey, come on, hang out with me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. And I'm like, don't you want to be with your wife? You know, and, yeah. and, and it was just, it was a really, really great lesson. And I'm actually interested to hear, because um, Rick's listening right now, what, what Rick's thoughts are on what I'm talking about because... Rick, you're such a comedy nerd, and I feel like, you, you know, how do you feel about what I'm talking about? Well, I, I always feel that, especially with comedians, from what I hear, um, th there's almost like a darker side, and that's why a lot of people kind of crave that, that interaction. So if it's a safe place, like you've mentioned this before on the podcast, when, you, when you're done and you're on the road, you go back to the hotel room, and it's kind of lonely. So I kind of get why people are there and, and hanging out and stuff, and plus the atmosphere and the vibe. So from an outside perspective, I totally understand it. But I also understand your perspective of this is the life you chose. That's why you're in Texas, you know, to get away from that and have a life outside of the show business side. No, absolutely, 1,000%. And <clears throat> now the cool thing that came out of being there on Wednesday, um, Chris Rock was on stage working his Oscar jokes. Yeah. So which which comics do that? They'll go to the comedy yeah. store, right? Like you. But but uh, again, you don't see Chris Rock at the comedy store unless he's working on a new tour, uh -huh. a Tonight Show appearance, the Oscars. Right. Right. Then you start seeing him come in. You know, several weeks before to try out his the, jokes. To try out the jokes, right? And and you know, um, Jeff Ross if he's doing a roast. Right. Or yeah. Those guys are doing a roast. That's always, that's they, fun. That part of in. it is and, fun. And I always love that. Right. I always love, you know, kind of being, the, the, having the inside scoop on, Ooh, I get to hear the Oscar jokes. Well, I feel like before, too, before, that before, night, before they lead to a slap in the face. I remember times like that where someone was practicing, rehearsing for something, trying out jokes and you'd come home and you'd be like, Oh, and I like gave them this tagline. And then we would watch the show to see what they used. And you'll be like, Hey, that was my tagline. You know? No, it's that's exciting cool. and, and, and to also to address that because that's, you know, mm -hmm. the biggest thing going on right now is uh, Chris Rock getting slapped um, in front of oh the world. Oh my gosh. 
my theory on it is that it was a publicity stunt. Um, none of it makes any sense to me. Yeah. Um, if it was not a publicity stunt, it is not okay that this man was able to, not Will Smith, but a man, that yeah. matter, just a person, <clears throat> was able to walk on stage, slap a comedian in the face, and then sit back down and have zero repercussions. Well, it seems like that's the reverberations. That's what the comedy community is talking about is now, how are we safe on stage? And, and a lot of people are going, well, good for Will for sticking up for his wife. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't ever want you to do anything like that no, for me. No, 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 no. These are words. They were not physical. Chris Rock did not uh, assault your wife. Chris Rock did not physically go after your wife. He, it's a joke. He said a joke. Was the joke great? In my opinion, no. But he Matter said a joke. Of opinion. I also don't think it was a very um, brutal joke. You know, it was just a, a joke regarding her hair. Then, of course, it turned into, well, she has hair issues and she's this and that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You do, you do not have the right to walk on stage and strike somebody. And then what's even crazier to me is that that person then sat back down in the audience and continued to watch the show with zero repercussions. There was no security. Nobody escorted him out. And, and that's part of the reason I believe that is a publicity stunt. Because otherwise, how, how do you not get escorted out? I know someone said, and is anyone like, it doesn't seem like anyone went to check on Chris Rock. Like, was anyone concerned about Chris Rock's safety or oh, no, um, not only Chris, mental health after being attacked on stage? <laughs> like, not even Chris Rock's safety. Everybody thereafter. So you're telling me that this man walked on stage, hit a performer, sat back down. Right. How do we know he's not going to go slap someone else in the audience? He's not going to get up and slap somebody else? When someone says, hey, maybe you shouldn't have We're not going to put security next to him? Yeah. And then the other thing that bothered me too is what a bully move. Had The Rock made that joke? Is Will Smith getting up and slapping him? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. Right? If, 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 oh. I mean, think about that for a second. Yeah. Chris Rock is all of 135 pounds. Yeah. All of 135 pounds. Skinny dude, obviously not a fighter. Right, and I'm not saying Will Smith is a fighter, but Will but he, Smith was, he did play Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he played Muhammad Ali and has had some real training. Has had some real training. Yeah. If Joe Rogan is the host of the Oscars, is Will Smith? Oh, slapping? Joe Rogan would have responded very differently, I believe. That's my point. It's such a bully, mean move. You know, and and again. Had Will Smith sat there and said, not cool from the audience, mm -hmm. not cool. That hurt my wife's feelings. That to me would have been such a more, more of a statement yeah, than for getting sure. out of your seat and slapping a fellow performer in the face. It's just turned into a spectacle. And, and, and that's why I think it was a publicity stunt. Because now all of a sudden, nobody's pressing charges. Everybody's apologizing. Will Smith never left. The yeah. deal. Nobody stopped him. Nobody questioned why he was walking on stage. Because I'm going to tell you right now, honey, if me and you are sitting in the at the Oscars and I get up to start walking on stage, are you not going to react? Are you not going to be like, whoa, what, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be on stage right now. Yeah. 
nobody reacts. I don't know. It's it's all a bit fishy yeah. to me. But at the end of the day, the Oscars got what they wanted. Well, we right, we've been talking about how like Oscar ratings have tanked and now everyone is talking about the Oscars, which we are, but this morning on the news, I did hear that it is still the second lowest Oscar ratings in Oscar's history. But it did go up 56% after the slap. Which is significant. That's a big deal. Yeah. Right. So that was cool that I, you know, I did get to see um, um, Chris Rock do, you know, do the thing. Work on his jokes. And then, you know, for me, for the commercial, and I don't even know, I don't know if it's a TV commercial or it's like these little kind of vignettes that they're going to put on social media. Right. I don't know what they are, but I have to be honest. Uh, and, and I've never, I've never really pursued, you know, commercials, you know, the times that I did go on auditions, um, were very sad to me because it was always, but it was always TV stuff. It was always TV stuff, but it was always the stereotype. Yeah. It was always accent Mexican, you know, and, and, it, and it, it was very discouraging. So after a while, I said, you know what? I'm not going to focus on TV anymore. I'm going to focus on my stand-up. Yeah. And if I can make a living doing stand-up, that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm tired of being stereotyped. I'm tired of the, the, the bullshit, right? Yeah. So when, when I got this part, I didn't have to audition. They were like, we want Steve. Steve knows a lot about real estate. We think he's funny. Yeah. We'd love to have him, right? So I was a little concerned about, oh, man. You know, I've never really done this before. You know, am I going to be okay? Yeah. And I got to say, I kicked ass. I was you, good. But you have done it before. We did the Aztec <clears throat> commercial together <clears throat> and you're so great at that. And we, you've done stuff I've before. done some stuff. And, and it was really cool to be on a, it was a real set with a real, I mean, you know, these guys would come in and rig up the car because we were in the car doing stuff, you know. Uh -huh. um, there was other actors there that were real actors, you know. So it was, it was a really... Rick, do you feel like he's not giving you and I credit? <laughs> You're over here. As you know, I've never been on a real set before with real producers. <laughs> no, but like, you know, I mean, it was really a big budget, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know? um, but it was fun, and, and I hope it comes out cool, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. You know, I wish we were in an Aztec Chevrolet vehicle. Yeah. Since I, I completely <laughs> forgot to mention our friends at Aztec Chevrolet. Um, so please, Aztec Chevrolet, guys, you know the deal. Give them a chance. They deserve a chance. They're amazing people. And right now they have a beautiful like 1968 um, Pontiac. Oh, cool. On lot. It's beautiful. Very cool. So if you're into classic cars, that's the one to get. But I, I ended up staying in town for the commercial. Renee comes home with the babies. I came home with the kiddos. Yes. Poor Garrett. Doesn't even make it. Through his first day back at school. Uh-uh. Diarrhea. Throwing up. Throwing I mean, up. like, apparently down here, there's a crazy stomach virus going around, so... Miss Betty gets sick. Miss Betty's sick, too. Delilah gets sick. <laughs> well, I think Mr. Garrett cannot stay away from it. It's really sweet. He can't stay away from it. How do you keep... How do you have both kids home and one not get the other one sick? It, I, don't, I don't know how anyone does that. Oh, no. I was talking to Dave J. Dave was like, oh, no. My kids just take turns being sick. <laughs> He's like, at our house, somebody's just perpetually it sick. morphs and yeah. mutates. He's like, everybody just stays sick. Um, and then I think that that's why we've been continuing to be sick because it's in the house and yeah. we're a family, but... Garrett did end up with 
surprisingly with COVID. Well, yeah. So his doctor's office tests like everyone when they come in and we were certain it was the stomach virus because here in New Braunfels, they said um, they've only had like two positives in the last month, like longer. And uh, so we were all like, oh, it's not COVID. It's the stomach virus or, or it's the flu. And then the test results come back and they're like, Garrett has COVID. And they're like, it's possible he has COVID and the stomach virus at the same time because his symptoms seem more symptomatic of a stomach bug or, than, or of the flu, right? Than COVID. So I bring it, bring him home and home with him. And then little Miss Delilah gets oh, it. My baby. She'd been good. And I figure, look, you and I have had COVID a couple of times. I figure we've got our immunity and that she must have, because of my close exposure to her, she must have had it at some point, but maybe she's never had it because this time I don't it know how took you, her down. I don't know how you managed not to get sick. But I'm telling you, I think I have like super immunity because I've had it so many times. I don't even know how you did it. Um, but she ended up with 105 fever. Oh, my baby. In the middle of the night. And I do have to say, I do have to say that most of the time when you're like, it's hard and it's hard and it's hard. <laughs> most of the time I'm like, dude, get over it. Like, get over it. We have a great life. You have Miss Betty. Like, stop. But this time. Well, no, I think Garrett There was changed. no Miss Betty. Garrett changed underwear five times in one day. There was throw up all over the rug. Like, the only blessing is that they were not sick. Well, I shouldn't say the only blessing, but the, thank God they weren't sick at the same time, babe. Oh, my gosh. I'm on the road. I'm filming this commercial. You got Garrett sick. You got Delilah sick. You have zero help. No husband. No help from Miss Betty. And, I mean, you are, like, up at night. Garrett can't sleep. Delilah can't sleep. I mean, I, for the first time in a long time, I was like... <laughs> you felt bad for I me. I felt so bad for you, pretty girl. And I, I go, man... And, but you, I was really proud of you. And I, and I know that that sounds weird to tell a spouse, but I was really proud of you. Like you that I didn't so, bitch and complain. No, you were so tough and, and you were so tough and so positive And you, you really had this attitude of, we just got to get through. I just felt bad because I knew you're not usually gone that long. You go, you come home, you go, you uh, come home. To, to be gone that long. And it was already... A long time for you to be gone, and I knew you were not happy about it, and you were really miserable over it, and then this happened, and it's like, I can't make it any better, and I and just... It just sucked, man, and and the sad part about it all, and I noticed that when I miss you guys, I drink more. Yeah. You know, and, and normally I'm like, man, I get into town, I have a drink on Friday, I don't drink on Saturday, and I'm coming home, right? Yeah. I don't drink Thursday. I have a few drinks on Friday. I don't go overboard and I'm coming home. Yeah. But man, because I missed you, it was like, I'm having a drink on Friday. Okay, I'm having a drink on Saturday because I don't get to go home until, you know. And there was no and casino. No casino. No casino. But, <clears throat> and I hadn't done this in so long, man. And, and it was weird because, you know, did we have a great time um, doing shows at, at the Comedy Zone in, in Greensville, North Carolina, uh -huh. it just wasn't as busy as I would have liked. Yeah. You know, we were competing with the Sweet 16, or the, the, the 8. Yeah. You know, North Carolina was in the champion, or going to, in the tournament, trying to go to Final Four. And, and Well, it's the first yeah. time you've been to that market, and that's tough because you don't know what to expect. It's I like, don't know one, do we have the fans there? Two, you've never been to that venue. Is it going to be a nice venue? Is it in a good neighborhood? Do people want to go to that club? Like, there's so many 
unknowns when you go to a place for the first time. Yeah, and, and, and the, the staff <clears throat> was fantastic. Um, had a great time. Yeah. You know, and the sound was great. Had a good stage. You know, the, the, we had a lot of great people that came out to watch us. And, and what was crazy was because it wasn't your, your normal zoo uh-huh. as it is, um, there was a birthday girl there. And she came to the second show on Friday. And she had brought mm, several couples uh-huh. with her. And oh, my God. She was just over the moon fan. You know, um, just super excited to meet me. And, and, you know, all her friends were like, oh, my God, she's your biggest fan. And she's, she just adores you and loves you. And she loves Renee. And wants uh-huh. to meet, you know. So afterwards, they, they were kind of lingering around. And I said, well, let's take that picture together. And, and again, I always try to make things special for, for people. And uh-huh. I said, you know what? Let's do it on stage. Right. So we get on stage and, and all of a sudden, um, you know, the other guys are asking me about helicopters for heroes. And, you know, we start chatting it up. We start talking. And, and right next to my hotel was a pool hall. Uh-huh. And since there wasn't a casino, I thought, hey, us guys will go literally next door. Us guys will go and shoot pool and, and play darts and have a drink. Yeah. Right? So I don't know why, but I was like, you guys should come. It's your birthday. Why don't you guys come? Right? Yeah. And because I didn't rent a car, I was going to Uber, but I'm like, hey. Give me a ride. You guys give me a ride. <laughs> so she's in the back like freaking out. Like, oh my God, Steve Trevino's in the car with me. And so, you know, she's taking pictures like, oh my God. And it, it, that is always so weird to me. And, and you know, b- before when I was selling zero tickets and nobody gave a shit, I was always in somebody's car <laughs> getting right to a bar, you know. <laughs> And, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm so much more protective of, of... I was gonna say, they could have kidnapped you. She could have taken you home with her. <clears throat> well, that and, and, you know, I worry about, you know, saying something that might offend them, that hurts their feelings. You know, I just try to stay away. Yeah. I try to do my own thing with my own team. Play it safe. Play it safe. You know, nowadays with this cancel culture, you just can't trust people anymore. And, and I, I just, literally years since I said... To some fans, hey, let's all go have a drink, right? Yeah. And they got in the car, we went, and, and she was just like, best night of my life. Best, you know, and then I went and, you know, they, they bought shots, we all did shots together, she got the picture, you know. Uh-huh. And, and that was that was really special for me. Yeah. And it was really cool, and it was like, man, this was fun. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed, well, you know, you know, I, I love making people's days. Yes. You know, so I really enjoyed making her day. Yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, speaking of making. Can you what? tell the story you told me about? Am I, am I like totally taking you off gear about the restaurant and the woman and what happened? Oh, my gosh. Because you know, that and, made me teary eyed when you told me that story. I'm, I'm so. I hate to tell the story because then it's like, you know, patting myself on the back. But I truly have so much respect for anybody that works hard. Yeah. You know, and, and I learned that lesson. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but I learned that lesson from my dad. Junior high, there was a janitor, and that janitor had these huge chops. Uh-huh. And he would comb his hair like the 50s. Yeah. You know? And we all called him Elvis, right? And uh, I'm, we're all waiting out front to get picked up. And I remember my dad was picking me up. Well, the janitor was there, and I got behind the janitor, and I was doing Elvis moves behind him. 
uh-huh. making fun of him. And I got in the car and, and dad lost his shit. Dad goes, don't you ever, ever make fun of a working man. He goes, that man comes here with pride. That man has a job to feed his family. And there's a punk ass fucking kid behind him making fun of him. He goes, that man has pride. And he's a hardworking man. And my dad goes, if you ever, ever disrespect a hardworking person again, he goes, I will fucking kill you. You are not my son. And it hit me hard. Yeah. Those are strong words Um, from your father. And then I learned another valuable lesson from dad on the same lines. You know, early on in my career, I was in San Antonio, Texas, doing a show. Across from the comedy club was a movie theater. Dad and I were having a drink after my show. And at the movie theater, these guys were um, carpet. It was already like one in the morning and they were doing carpet mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, which by the way, I used to do with my uncle and at night we would come yeah. into hospitals and we would carpet the hospitals at night when, you know, things are chill. So they're in there carpeting and, and, and dad goes, um, dad goes, Hey, it's getting late. And I don't worry about it. He's like, well, don't you have radio in the morning? And I go, ah, you know, I'll probably skip radio. Who cares? And my dad points over to those guys and he goes, you think those guys would like to have your job? And all you got to do is wake up and do radio and tell jokes at night? What's wrong with you? And that was another one of those moments of, oh man, you know, so because I learned those lessons early on and because I worked so hard in my life, I have so much respect for the working man and woman, you know? <clears throat> so went to this place, which by the way, awesome place. I would like to get one in Texas. What I don't it, even know. You don't it remember what it's called? Viva Chicken. Uh-huh. And it was a Peruvian chicken place. And I'm trying to eat healthy. Uh-huh. Right? I'm trying to, to, you know, do good. We go to this place. This woman must be 10 months pregnant. I mean, she's out to here. You're done at nine, but well, no, I guess technically. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. That she's that okay, pregnant. Okay. She's huge. And not in a, in a big... She's just big belly. It gets worse. And so, um, you know, she's, she's pregnant, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sitting down. The, 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 she comes over to start... You're supposed to bust your food, your plates, right? You're supposed to bust, uh, bust your plates, put them away after you eat, you know, like, like most places, right? Yeah. You know, I think Panera's like that. Right? Yeah. And, and I always try not to make more work for people. You know, if I go to the movies, when I'm done with my popcorn and Coke, I walk out with it and I, throw, it, I throw it away yeah. because I think of the people that have to clean it up. Yeah. Right? So we're sitting there. She comes out to start picking up the, and this table's a fucking disaster. You know, they had put in four or five tables together. There was shit everywhere, paper everywhere, rice on the floor. I mean, just... The complete disaster. Kind of the way it looks after Delilah eats someplace. <laughs> yes, but times 10. <laughs> so this woman starts cleaning up and pick, pregnant, starts picking all the stuff up. She's, she's not happy about it. She's, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of annoyed, right? Yeah. And she goes, some people, just some people. Well, she had no idea that the person, one of some of the people that were at that table were there. Yeah. So they overheard her saying that. She was like, what the fuck did you say to, to me? And she was like, some people. And she was, well, I, that's my table. And she was, well, yeah, you should have cleaned, you should clean up. We, this is not a, you know, we, we don't have waitresses. Like, yeah. 
you should have cleaned up. She goes, you know what? Clean this shit up. And she takes her arm and she just throws it on the floor and leaves. Now this pregnant woman's on her hands and knees. Me and Kyle jump up. Yeah. Right. And Dave, and we start helping her clean up. Right. We help her clean up. I mean, other people are like, oh my God, like what, what just happened? Right. Yeah. So I had some money in my pocket and uh, she was now at the register. I had finished eating and I walked up to her and I said, um, here's a hundred dollar bill. I said, you have so much patience and you're such a hard worker. I said, uh, Merry Christmas. And she just had this look on her face like, are, are you serious? Are you serious? Really? And I'm like, yes, really. Merry Christmas. Yeah. You're a hard worker. And the whole line claps. Like, the whole day, like, they're like, you know, hey, man, that was nice. That was very nice of you, you know. But I, I just felt like sometimes you just give that little blessing yeah. to somebody that... that or, to, or to remind people, hey, not everyone's an asshole. Like... That and, and yes, and, and hey... You people notice, yeah, and you are appreciative, you know. And but here she is, pregnant, working her ass off, and this person treated her like complete shit. Yeah, and it's like, come on. Yeah, you know. So you, you know, I gave her the hundred bucks, and you know, and, and again, sometimes stuff like that is very selfish because it makes me feel good. Yeah, it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, you know. So it, it is one of those things that's uh kind of a win-win, you know, situation for everybody. Yeah. You know, so we had a great week and I couldn't wait to get home. Oh my gosh. Being away from you guys for that long, just, man, I don't know if I'll do it again. Yeah. It was hard, Renee. Like I just wanted to be home. And then, and then it's so frustrating to be on the road and you're over here really suffering, man. I mean, you really had a hard time. I, well, I mean, know? I just, it just got scary with Delilah. You know, with Garrett, it was like a, there's throw up and whatever, but like, it got scary with Delilah. And I was like, now I'm gonna have to go, I thought I was gonna have to take her to the hospital. Go to the hospital <laughs> with the baby and my kid who's got COVID in tow, like, you know. Well, and, and I, I mean, I, like I said, not only was I proud of you, I was proud of us. Really proud of us. Yeah. You know, we we really had the attitude of let's just get through it. Yeah. We're doing what we got to do. Let's get through it. Well, you know, and it, I mean, I, at first it started off really nice. I was like, okay, we're just going to, we're we had to quarantine through the weekend, you know? And I was like, that's okay. The kids and I, there's no pressure to get dressed and go anywhere, or take the kids out for an activity. Like we're just going to be home and chill, quiet family time. No one's coming to visit. Like I thought this is going to be great. All right. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, oh, and then I did want to mention, um, I think last week or two weeks ago, I mentioned that one woman that sent, uh, she sent a message saying that we're like raccoons, me and you, how we're always getting into mischief, you know? Um, well, she was just a darling. Yeah. And she came to the show oh. and, and she brought a little gift. Uh-huh. And um, I promised her that I would put them in the podcast studio, but um, Kyle has them in the merch bag. So Are you going to tell me what they are or do I have to wait and well, see them? Well, she was so sweet. She brought me a, a perfect size bottle of Crown Royal. Because uh-huh. remember I said, don't stop bringing Crown Royal. <laughs> Um, but she brought three gifts, one for Delilah, uh-huh. one for Garrett, and a little raccoon for us. Oh, we definitely so she have wants to, to put, put the, it in here. Yes. The raccoon. And then I, I did get another challenge coin 
um, for my beautiful collection here. So <coughs> all in all, really productive week. Yeah. And it was awesome. And, and I'm just, you know, I will go back to North Carolina. Yeah. The people were really nice. And the town really, it reminded me of New Braunfels. Yeah. Really special place. Very clean. They had all the things you need without being a huge city. Yeah. You know, um, traffic was, it was a town. It was a nice town. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, the comedy club was great. And again, I, I tripped out because I'm doing the show and, and, you know, and you know, I like to take care of everybody, right? I take care of the staff. I take care of the the cooks, mm-hmm. you know, and I always want to make sure that I tell the cooks, thank you. I want to meet them. I want to shake their hands because a lot of times, and the cooks will tell you, they're like, we can't believe you're talking to us. They're literally like, you are the only comedian that talks to us. That thinks to like go in the kitchen and say, hi, hello. You know, well, it turns out one of the cooks is the damn owner and he owner he owns several of them. Wow. And, and he's back there, there going, cooking in the kitchen. He's back there freaking frying it up, doing his thing. And, and that's what he does at the club. Yeah. And he owns the damn club. You know, speaking of hard workers. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, a lot of people, they always say, man, I want to buy a bar. And then they buy the bar and they don't know why they didn't make it because they're not bartending at their own bar. Yeah. They have employees. Here's he this must guy. have such a love of comedy. You could just tell he's a hardworking dude and and... and you know, we did have that conversation where he was like, hey, he, he told me, he was, thanks for being nice. You know, thanks yeah. for being nice. So, you know, uh, all in all, great week. Yeah. You know, um, yes, our kids were sick, but I'm really proud of us. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we've been in this situation before and we didn't handle it well. And you would get tired and frustrated and... and I would get annoyed that I was on the road and, and we'd end up uh, fighting or arguing or, or, or being annoyed with each other. And it just doesn't make the situation better. Yeah. And I think that through our marriage, we've learned we just got to get through it. Yeah. And there's no sense in bitching and complaining. There's no sense in arguing about it. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, but um, we're so glad you guys have joined us. If you want to listen to the podcast, because I get this a lot. Uh-huh. We hate listening to the ads, right? If you listen to YouTube, they always put commercials in there. Facebook, they put commercials in there. Yeah. If you do not want to listen to ads, yes. Download Picked Cherries, yes, on your deal, and you can listen to the podcast ad free. Yes. And you will be really helping us out if you download. Well, and the cool thing is, um, you know, we're still, we're still trying to grow this thing. And the cool thing about pick cherries is you can chunk out your favorite little clip and share it with your friends so that more people can know about us. Yep. So that is our episode. Thank you for joining us. We missed you guys desperately last week. And again, sometimes Renee and I are like, Oh God, we got a podcast, but like working out once we're podcasting, we're so happy we're here. And, you know, we missed it. We missed each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we're happy to be back. Again, guys, thank you so much. We love you so very much. Uh, But please comment, share, rate our podcast because we really want this to grow into something really special. Thanks, guys. Thanks.